Hi there, I'm Randa Fattah from ThruLine. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. From KQED. All right, Carly, I brought a little something for you today. Like a gift. It is a gift. We've received two listener questions about fortune telling. So I thought we would start with this. Oh, it's a fortune cookie. I do love these things. Hang on, I'll, I'll open mine. What's it say? It says, oh, you will find your horizons suddenly broadened. That is kind of relevant. (laughs) That is relevant. A perfect setup, actually, for today's episode. (laughs) Now, for a lot of us, this uh, fortune cookie is as close as you might come to having your fortune told. But for others, psychic services are a part of daily life. And those are the folks I spoke with this week. Bay Curious is the podcast where we answer your questions about the Bay Area. I'm Olivia Allen Price. With me is reporter Carly Severn. Hello. Two listeners sent in questions on fortune telling. They want to know why is it legal here and how is it regulated? Support for Bay Curious comes from Sierra Nevada Brewing Company. Committed to brewing things the right way since 1980, because when you're a family-run brewery, there's no other way to do it. Sierra Nevada Brewing Company, still family-owned, operated, and argued over. And be sure to stay tuned through the end of the show so you can play our monthly trivia game for a chance to win some cool prizes. Hey there, it's Olivia Allen Price, host of Bay Curious, the podcast. KQED Podcasts wants to thank listeners like you, whose support makes this podcast possible. If you want to help us continue to make great content, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcasts. And thanks. You've probably seen advertising for fortune telling or psychic services in the Bay Area. Maybe it was a neon palm in a storefront window. Reporter Carly Severn set out to learn how it's all legal. So how do you feel? Do you feel excited and nervous? I feel surprisingly nervous. Yes, you are. (laughs) I'm about to have my fortune told in a dim sum restaurant in San Francisco by a psychic called Wanoogie. His business, Golden Dragon Fortunes, is the city's third highest rated on Yelp. You know why I want you to use both hands? Because your your dominant hand is your will, and your submissive hand is your subconscious. So I want all of you, not just your will. Okay. That clacking sound is the mahjong tiles he spread out so that I can pick from them. This tile represents honesty and clarity. So somehow you're having difficulty being really honest with yourself and having the clarity about what to do and how to move forward. Seeking answers about what might lie ahead in life and paying for it has been around for centuries. And being a professional psychic remains good business. A 2016 report estimated that the industry pulls in $2 billion in revenue each year and employs more than 85,000 people nationwide. There you go. 
So the mushroom symbolizes the unusual, the unexpected, or some kind of surprise may come up around this time, about two months from now. People have strong feelings about the psychic world. Some swear by psychics, while others see any kind of fortune-telling as fraudulent. In many states, it's not even legal. In New York, it could get you fined $500 or even jail time. It was actually like that in California, too, for most of the last century. Then, in 1985, psychics in Southern California sued their city for violating their First Amendment rights and won. The state Supreme Court proclaimed any fortune-telling ban unconstitutional. But that doesn't mean it's not regulated. While some cities now have no rules for psychic services, other places still care a lot about how people tell fortunes for money. In San Francisco, the police department got involved. Fortune-telling shall mean the telling of fortunes, forecasting of futures, or reading the past by means of any occult, psychic power, faculty... Fortune-telling isn't just mentioned in the police code here. It gets its own section. And a rundown of all the things SFPD counts as fortune-telling. Clairvoyance, cardamancy... Tarot, palm reading, astrology... Coffee grounds, crystal gazing tea leaves and telepathy. Because in San Francisco, this spiritual realm is regulated via permit. So anyone wanting to legally tell fortunes has to come here, to the San Francisco courthouse, and ride the elevator all the way to the police department's permit bureau. We deal with a lot of different permits here that people may not think need a permit. That's Sergeant Gigi George, one of the officers they might meet up here. Psychics stand in the same line as people wanting to run a bingo night or even deal firearms. For us, we treat everyone the same. It's all a business. After the fees, the fingerprinting, the background check and even a public hearing, they'll get their permit. Though, as it turns out, not that many psychics have applied. Since 2003, when the legislation came in, we have a total of 75. But if you want to just go with the last two years, we've only had eight. But why does the city even care about regulating psychics? Well, as that police code says... So that the city and county of San Francisco can efficiently and thoroughly investigate fraud and deception. It all comes back to fraud. Carly, we're talking fortune-telling. So isn't the very idea of fraud kind of subjective? Totally. If you don't believe any human can see the future, you don't care if a reading costs $10 or 10000 But the fraud SFPD cares about here is when a person is convinced they need to keep paying money to a psychic. And people, often really vulnerable people, have lost their life savings this way. How big of a problem has it been? Well, the district attorney's office said there used to be a problem back around 2003. That's actually why these permit laws were introduced. But now they say in the last couple of years, they've had zero complaints reported. Hmm. I'll admit I'm a pretty big skeptic of just all of this stuff. I still don't really get why anyone would even visit a psychic. You and a lot of people. But if you think that you don't know anyone who visits psychics, Olivia, I promise you, you do. Some of them might even have been at the San Francisco Psychic Fair. 
I think in today's society where we're all looking at screens and we kind of lose con like that human contact, um, it's also very like relaxing to know that someone can look at you and read you in a way. People were very focused on this idea of finding connection and comfort. People who come to psychic readings, generally, not to say all, have some kind of a pain or a major question that's on their mind. The more people explained their motives to me, the more fortune-telling sounded almost like therapy. Way more spiritual and maybe more affordable. But looking at the cultural history of fortune-telling, this is not a weird concept. Well, I'll tell you what, the way my clients describe me. Spiritual teacher. That's George Eli, who's a Roma fortune teller, plus a filmmaker and activist too. I called him up for his take because the word fortune teller is automatically associated with the people known as the Roma or Romani. You may have heard this community referred to as gypsies, which heads up is offensive to many. For the Roma, the word fortune-telling doesn't even exist in their vocabulary. It's not an internal word that lives in our community. Drabarimos, which originates from the word drab, which means medicine. Spiritual medicine administer. That's the word that lives in our culture. George says what non-Roma folk call fortune-telling is not just a livelihood. It's a deeply held way of looking at the world that goes back to biblical times. And the Magi, that's the three wise men. Everybody I knew, my aunts, uncles, my ancestors, to my lineage back to a thousand years were Dabarne. This is what they did. They were spiritual practitioners. This is medicine for the soul, he says. And when things are going wrong in your life and you've tried a psychologist and you tried a therapist and you just can't seem to shake this, then you feel you have a spiritual problem. And this is where a dabarno, a dabarni can become helpful. And when police do investigate psychics in places like San Francisco, for George, that's showing a fundamental misunderstanding of the spiritual role of fortune telling. If you're charging this woman or this man for 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 a con game and manipulation, for charging somebody to help them with their emotional problems or whatever, or their darkness that, that's around them, then you have to go to your local church and you have to arrest everybody in there. It's not just the Roma who view fortune-telling in this remedial way. These elements have deep roots in many cultures, like the Latino folk healing tradition of curanderismo, in Afro-Cuban Santeria, in Chinese Swan Ming and Indian Vedic astrology, to name just a few. This world is so much bigger and older than you might think, but as a business, it's also keeping up with the times. I got my reading from Wanugi in this dim sum restaurant because that's where he frequently meets clients. But a 21st century fortune teller like him offers options. And then I also do this by internet. I do it by Skype or a lot of different internet uh, chat tools. And I also do it by email. So they have options and different price points. Wanugi says he's read fortunes for around 500 people in the last five years, many of whom come back for more. From nurses to students to doctors to lawyers, I, I judge, um, uh, software engineers, um, all types, um, all types of ethnic backgrounds. His average client, he says, they are young, like those folks at the psychic fair. Roughly, I would say it's probably about an early 30s female, college educated, with a good job, uh, and trying to decide things about marriage and love and career and kids and 
all those kinds of key questions around that age. Here's the thing. Getting a reading, regardless of how much you believe in psychic ability, it can exert this pull. It surprised me how intimate it felt to be so focused upon, even if what you're being told is pretty generic. And that suggestion that there might be a plan to it all, especially during the years of your life that can feel kind of scary, for people in that spiritual but not religious camp, that has appeal. Of course, how much they buy in is up to them. Reporter Carly Severn. Thanks to our listeners who submitted questions about fortune-telling. You can find even more of our reporting about it on baycurious.org. And while you're there, sign up for our monthly newsletter. In it, we have all sorts of good stuff, like info about upcoming events, quizzes, and answers to more of your questions. Sign up at baycurious.org. I'm Olivia Allen Price. Thanks for listening. Hi, Bay Curious listeners. Are you ready to play May's trivia game? Every month, we read a question here at the end of our episode. You can give us your answers over at our website, kqed.org slash baycurious, or just click the link in the episode description. Out of the correct answers, we'll randomly choose one lucky winner to receive a cool prize package with Bay Curious swag and Sierra Nevada goodies. Okay, our question for the month is, the world's longest-running pillow-fighting contest was held from 1966 to 2006 in what Bay Area town? Our trivia quiz is made possible by Sierra Nevada Brewing Company. Good luck! Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest, and I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid, and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just what we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio, it was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support.